0: Hey, welcome into the Coach Bonos podcast in the studio of Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live, with the O'Connor My Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor My Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bono's show. Check out our Facebook page or search for the Coach Bonos Show. And you can email us at Coach show at gmail.com. Today is episode 34.5. And as always, in the point five Pod, I am joined by the legal counsel of the, Bo- the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Wingenter. Ellen, how you doing today? Hey, hey, doing all right. How are you? Doing all right. Just trying to, uh, they say, every day above ground is a good one. <clears throat> stay busy and stay moving. So Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> so a, a lot of late little stuff is going on in sports. And kind of what I want to do today is I just want to talk about, like, a few points. And I don't want to delve too deep into anything. we got the NFL draft next week, and we're going to be announcing something on Monday's pod. I'll be doing a – Monday's pod we'll be doing – I'll do a mock draft, and then I'll make the official announcement. We're likely the .5 next week to do something live during the draft on Facebook. Cool. Um, We'll try to get that all squared away. I'm working on Tyler Jones and I are working on something like that. We'll see how that ends up going. If not, if we can't do it, we're going to figure out a uh, workaround. So, but it'll be fun. What I worry about is draft being Thursday night. We usually record Wednesday, pod come out Friday. I don't want to have a full night of the draft. And what all happens on day one, you know, be old news. So. there's a lot going on. Now, as we're recording this Wednesday evening, we've had two big sports pieces of news have come out today. One, Dino Samuels has asked for a trade in the 49ers. And then just in the last couple of hours, Jay Wright has reportedly retired as the basketball coach at Villanova. Now, you're my basketball, college basketball expert, so we're going to hit that one first.
1: All right. So this is wild to me. Just straight wild. One, he is probably the sexiest man in college basketball. He's 60. He looks 45, 50. The man dresses to the nines. Impeccably. And he has been the champion of two of the last six championship games. He is pinnacle- right now like it's wild and this kind of came it's come out of nowhere supposedly the guy who's coming in uh to replace him is currently the head coach at Fordham yes um and uh you know he was uh prior um, assistant for him, oh, for Jay Wright over the last like I don't know 11 years, yeah. and Kyle,
0: Kyle Neptune is his name, yes. And he is, and that's what I was struggling of,
1: with. I was just like,
0: his name turns, is kind of 10 after. year assistant for Jay Wright at yeah. Villanova, yeah, and is really he, the head coach at Ford. And so, supposedly,
1: he's going to come in. I'm going to be really interested if that actually happens to see how that contract is set up, because I have to anticipate that whatever Nova does, it's going to be short term for whomever comes in because they're going to be doing a bigger search, but they can't waste uh, the transfer portal time and Neptune having been in the system until the last year for the last six years or so, uh he knows how Villanova runs. He knows how to recruit. He can hand, handle the transfer portal, which a lot of the older coaches have really started to struggle with because it's been a wild, wild West scenario.
0: Yeah. Well, what we're seeing here. So a couple of things that I, I'm looking at the ESPN article on this real quick. Um, he, According to some sources that are close to him, he's saying that he's fully at peace. This is not a he's retiring and wanting to take an NBA job. Yep. Uh, he's been solicited for NBA jobs in the past. So no, no, um, no real uh, want to on that. It looks like at this point, he's not doing this either. It looks like this is all he says he's moving on. He's told the sources he's moving on with the future of his life without coaching. Um, a yeah. little more about Neptune. He's his first year at Fordham. Yep. He's been the coach there for one year. He was sixteen and sixteen, which was a fourteen win improvement from the year before. That's pretty outstanding. Yeah, Um, and he was again a long time assistant coach for Jay Wright. I, I think you're right in that they'll probably give this new coach a couple of years, maybe a three or four year deal. I it will be three. some long ten. Yeah, it won't be some long ten year deal. No. The Tennessee coaches get. No less than three, but three and four is pretty standard because it's the recruiting cycle of a player, freshman to senior. That's yeah, that
1: and things are a little bit different now with the transfer portal. Yeah. that there You don't have the requirement to sit um, upon transferring for a year, so people are playing immediately, and there's a bigger and different impact than a lot of these coaches are used to, um, you know there are some old guard who are completely bitching about it, which is, I don't know, to me, a bit two faced given that coaches can go wherever they want to.
0: Yeah. Well, I agree. So with, and the article brings this up, I'm looking at here. So with the recent retirement of coach K and now Jay Wright, we only have two coaches that have won multiple tournaments. and Bill Self and Rick Pitino. And who was the last team? To beat Villanova, Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it has a couple of quotes in here from J- Jim Bayheim, Mike Bray, talking about you know, completely shocked by the news, this sort of thing. And,
1: and why in the hell is Bayheim still coaching?
0: I don't know. I, because he wants, because he's probably got a kid or a grandkid he wants to
1: coach. He's got two kids on the team currently. Yeah,
0: it's probably because of that. They're not gonna fucking play anywhere else. They might as well play for their old man. I I mean, I'm not a fan of Jim Beheim at all. I know.
1: I think Buddy is, I think he graduated this year, but he's got a younger son that's playing too.
0: How does Jim Beheim have a son in his college age? I mean, the man's 409 years old. Uh, Multiple wives. Yeah. When Jesus said, when God said, let there be light, he had to ask Jim Beheim to fucking switch. Uh, (laughs) I mean, he has kids that are still in high school or younger. How oh, old? I
1: gotta look this shit up because I know he's at least
0: 65 70 years old.
1: Oh, no, he is, but his wife is 20, 25 years younger than he is.
0: Jim Baeham is 77 years old. Yeah. His second family came pretty late. I love, you know how you go to Google and you start mm-hmm. typing in something and it like mm-hmm. auto fills for you? Uh huh. You know what the first thing after Jim Beheim is? What? His first suggestion is Jim Beheim wife. She, her name is Julie, and let's see, oh, wait a minute, Wait, hang on a second.
1: And I'm not sure if it's his second or third wife. It may be his third.
0: Hang on here. I I, (laughs) just can't be (laughs) wrong.
1: You're seeing the age differential. I mean, he's got some pretty young, young kids yet. Okay, all right. Oh, wait a minute.
0: Uh, I'm not going to kill this guy yet because I saw one thing that said his wife was born in 1997. But that's not. right. I think they were married in 1997. I don't know. I anyway, his wife is much, much younger than him. Yes. He's 77. So that means someone that's you know maybe 20, 30 years younger than him is yes. Someone whose balls are that old. They worked I was, when they needed to. Apparently, I just yeah, I was seventy-seven. Good for him. But anyway, let's get off of let's get off of Jim beheim and his old balls. Um, <laughs> Do we need
1: to tan them?
0: I, I just mean, to, yeah. Hey, Tucker Carlson's in the house. I'm Like <laughs> fuck you, Tucker Carlson. Um, sorry, anytime he's mentioned, we must say that. Yeah. Um, We'll get on some more Republicans later on. But uh, yeah, it's sad to see Jay Wright. We were talking just a couple weeks ago, talking about how much we really both like Jay Wright. You called him like, you said he's the sexiest man in college basketball?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, and everything that I'm seeing from reporters and that kind of thing, um, he's always been very welcoming to people, had made efforts to, create a public image that was actually true to him and he just seems like one of those upright dudes and bless him for doing the Roy Williams farewell tour which didn't exist yeah you know I don't I don't know if we could have handled a Jay Wright farewell tour after coach K's yeah. Nonsense this season. Well,
0: you know, as good as Jay Wright has been, I don't know that he is, don't get me wrong on this, he's every bit the coach those guys are. But I don't think he's as iconic.
1: He's not, but he's extremely well respected. I would agree with
0: that. And I think he's and I think he's every bit the coach those that any that Roy Williams and Jr. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to.
1: He doesn't have the tread on the tires, right? He's only been coaching for 21 years as opposed to 40
0: plus. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that's, so, you know, hats off to Jay Wright. You get to go out his own way. God bless you. You know, I, I, you know, we haven't heard the announcement from him. We're seeing this from sources, but pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh
0: um, yeah. All right. So, uh, Jay Wright, thanks for the memories. We appreciate you. Next thing I want to get into, the big other big news today is in the NFL, Debo Samuel's has asked for a trade. Um, this looks like it's uh, it looks like it's a a piece of this whole NFL. Wide receiver market and what all mm-hmm. happened with Tyreek Hill and um, Devontae Adams and the trades and the money and everything right. else, and it's just to, Debo Samuel's led his team in receiving yards. He's a guy who's in his last year of his contract, and I think he was worried about you know being someone who was maybe going to get the franchise tag next year. We've got a big. Uh, wide receiver class this year in the yep. draft. This is probably the deepest wide receiver draft I've seen in a while. Um, I think there's going to be like seven or eight in the first round. Okay, I'll get into that on Monday's pod. But um, yeah, so uh, Debo's asked for a trade. I always laugh when I hear Debo, even though I know Debo Samuels is he's a great uh-huh. player. But I think if you're our age and you think about uh, Debo, Debo is from Friday. You know, uh huh. You know, Shut up, fun knock you out. You know that kind yes. of. Thing. Yep. But uh Debo Samuels has requested a trade. And I did see here some odds have come up on who will Debo Samuels be Samuel be playing for next season, week one. Um oh. so the 49ers are still minus 250. It's a uh, the implied odds is 71% of the is the odds that the he stays a 49er. Um, I do think the 40s are gonna offer him some kind of a of a an extension of some kind. They should be working on an extension. He's only got one year left under contract. So they but should is, be working on the contract. Is Jimmy G going to be the quarterback for the
1: Niners? No, uh,
0: Trey Lance is be the quarterback.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, let me pull up Debo here and get his contract details. He is in the last year of his contract. Um, He's in the same situation as DK Metcalf. They're okay. both 26. They were both second round picks. So neither of them have really been paid. Debo Samuel's do three point nine million dollars this year, um, and you know the thing about trading for him right now is not only will a team have to make the trade for him, but they're going to have to give him a contract extension. The same thing holding up a DK Metcalf uh, yeah. trade. DK Metcalf's in the same spot. I mean, they have one year left. They're both twenty six. They're among the, the highest rated guys their position, but the whole. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, the cost of doing business has gone up at wide receiver. Sure. And these guys are saying, hey, we're proven. And, and right before the draft, ask for a trade. He's actually pretty genius because teams could make a trade using picks, using whatever, and help the 49ers and then get him a deal too. I also heard that part of the deal is he doesn't like the West Coast so much. He's from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He likes it back south. He likes the south. Mm-hmm. He likes the east. He kind of wants to be closer to the family. It just wasn't. Your Saints? Uh, no. Okay, so the, the odds, as released right now, be the uh, they have four teams up here who are the four favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is the New York Jets at plus 400, which applies the odds of 20% chance that he would go to the Jets. Um, I can see this because the Jets have a lot of draft capital and they can easily make a deal. There's a team that can make a deal for players, and they've been looking for the one big playmaker. They've been looking for anything for years. Yeah, for years. And if they're going to make something happen, I think this is year they're going to have to find a playmaker, whether that's making a trade. They were, they were rumored in the DK Metcalf stuff. Yep. Whether it's DK Metcalf or, or Debo Samuel or drafting the top wide receiver in his class, they're going to get one of those guys. They're going to get a playmaker. The next two. So the next one was the Colts at plus 600. This one makes a lot of sense to me. This is a team that could be close. They went and got a veteran quarterback in Matt Ryan. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They're trying to play to win now. Mm -hmm. They're a team that could bring in a Debo Samuel and not give him an extension and say, hey, let's bring you in. Let's let you play for a season and then we'll let you become a free agent. It's the Chargers playbook. It is. Uh, Just to come in and say, come in and do this, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Or they could offer him, you know, an extension as well. Uh, but they're, they're plus 600. And you hit the nail on the head for the next one. The next two are the same odds. My New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. and the Atlanta Falcons at plus
1: 800.
0: Okay. Now, I think both of them make sense. I think the Falcons make sense. Again, they need play many young playmakers. They got a young playmaker at tight end. Marcus Mariota is the quarterback. They're probably looking at a quarterback this season or next in the draft. Oh, for sure. And then the Saints make sense because after Michael Thomas, they have nothing at wide receiver. I mean, he has got a few guys. And so it makes a lot of sense. And then also if there is an issue with um, Michael Thomas and his contract a year from now, Debo would make a really good replacement for Michael Thomas.
1: So I'm really curious, to your point of asking this before the draft, Mm -hmm. how
0: that plays and who gets involved. Yeah. Well, think of it this way. There's a lot of teams. And and look at the Jets, the Colts, the Falcons, the Saints. These are all teams that in this draft are going to look at drafting wide receivers. But
1: but what draft picks can they also – add into the
0: pot, right? Oh, I mean the, that would
1: be the extra juice for all yeah. this, right? Well in
0: the Saints case they have two first round picks both in the teams. Mm-hmm. The Jets, I have to look let me get the NFL draft up here.
1: Because that would be to me like the extra yeah.
0: you know the Jets thing. have the fourth pick and the tenth pick. You would take the fourth pick straight up for Santa. Yeah, I mean, that's... You might take the 10th pick straight up for Santa, especially in this draft. Um, You could... The the, the Saints, for instance, have uh, 16 and 19. The Falcons have eight. And that's the only one they have in the first round. Okay. Uh, The Colts are the other ones mentioned here, and I think they only have the one pick in the first round.
1: I'm just curious how, what impact that will have. Actually, the Colts do not have a first round pick.
0: Oh, okay. They would have to trade a one next year. I couldn't see that happening. So, but yeah, the impact is, is that it's going to, if there's going to be a trade, I think that a DK Metcalf or a Debo Samuel trade are those kind of trades that will, uh, they can change how a draft goes because now a team could say, well, instead of taking a, really top-notch receiver just driving drake london or um a jameson um um jameson williams i mean there's a there's seven or eight guys in the first round
1: there's but they're all better
0: than everybody what's that they're all unknowns well yes in a way i mean like you've got
1: i mean yes they are proven on a college scale yeah. but deep though Is proven on the NFL field.
0: Yeah, the problem is that the the, the difference is is that you get a player under contract for a much lower price. So, So just go ahead.
1: Just as an aside, did you watch Game Theory? Yes. For this week.
0: Yes. Yes. We talked about going over the draft. We're going to talk about that.
1: That whole like concept in and around the draft. Yeah was really interesting in a different kind of way to, to look at it because yeah. I just hadn't considered it. And to yeah. your point that you're about to make that it's much cheaper for teams to go with the unproven rookie yeah. from a financial standpoint.
0: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, to give you an idea, there's a couple of these guys that people think are kind of no miss. I mean, people like Garrett Wilson from Ohio state. um, mm-hmm. um Drake London from USC, I think he's going to be an every-down top-notch receiver. Um, the guy that I think is the best wide receiver, but he got hurt in the national championship game, is Jamison Williams. Mm. He's mm-hmm. going to slip down a little bit. He's who I want the Saints to draft, no matter what. Okay. But I don't think the Saints will draft him because they want somebody who can play from day one. He can go play till two-thirds way into the season. Um, uh, Traylon Burks is another guy that people seem to like, who I like as well. Chris Olave from Ohio State. Ohio State's got two big ones. Um, I mean, there's seven or eight guys that they really – they can be number one guys. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're thinking. Well, if I can trade Debo, pick up an extra one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're the 49ers and you make that trade, you say, let's say you make to the Jets trade, you get the fourth right, the fourth pick in the draft. They get Debo Samuel. He probably won't get four, probably ten. But still, you go pick up one of these edge rushers or one of these tackles. Right. And you've helped your team overall. You got a little worse on offense, but you've got you've replaced him with the player in the draft, and you've picked up a little more depth. And you're able to use your pick on something that's going to help your team. Yeah. i using assets to put assets. I I had some fun this week. Um Pro Football Focus has a part of their website right now where you can make mock trades. Okay. And the wannabe general manager came out at me, and it'll tell you whether whether, whether <laughs> you accept the trade or not. And I was playing with it Monday late night, and all of a sudden I played as my Saints because they have the two picks in the first round. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of fun when you have two picks, you can play around quite a bit. Sure. By the time the by the time the first round was over, I had gotten the Saints DK Metcalf. I had picked um uh Penning, the big tackle from Northern Iowa, who I like, that took care of that need. I pushed the quarterback thing off, which I'm gonna talk about here at the end. Um, we'll talk a lot about it on Monday's pod. Uh I pushed the quarterback need off, but then I also was able to make a trade with the Falcons to get the Falcons number one pick next year. Because I was thinking you're gonna have to have picks next year. Because yeah. next year's the quarterback draft. So, yeah, these teams right now, and I'm gonna talk a lot about this on Mondays, but <laughs> Mondays, uh, pod. But I'll tell you right now, there is not a single quarterback in this draft that I would draft on on Thursday night. Not a single one. Pick him up as free agents. Malik Willis will go early, and Kenny Pickett's gonna get gonna get drafted. And I think one of the other quarterbacks, whether it's Desmond Ritter or Matt Carell will get picked at the very end of the first round.
1: Do you think any of them will get uh, forced transitioned into
0: a different position? No, not, not, especially not the first round pick guys. Okay. Yeah. Cause if you're spending a first round pick on a quarterback, he better be a quarterback. No, he better I, be your quarterback. And that's yeah. what I think. I just, I don't see any of these guys as franchise guys.
1: Right. I know that people
0: are, people want to say that Malik Willis can be, um, I've heard comparables of Malik Willis to Steve McNair. There's no way Malik Willis is Steve McNair. Um, a lot of that's brought up because he went to a smaller school, and he's a, he's an he's an athlete, which we know what that code means. That code means you're black. Um, I have a reason. Now you can that run in the pocket, can run, and, and in college, he's a great college quarterback. Malik Willis could have been a quarterback at almost. Any of the top notch schools in, in, pro, in college football. His game's just not really fitted for the NFL, in my view. Okay. Um, the guy that I think, if there was two guys that I think could be future starters, mm-hmm. but they're both, one's coming off an injury and one had a bad season this past year. Yep. Matt Carell from Old Miss, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a franchise guy. And I do like Carson Strong from Nevada. He's got a big arm. He's a big player. He had a really, really bad season. They was talk of him being like the first overall pick in this whole draft at one point a year ago. But I don't I, know. I don't saw play.
1: him play at CSU yeah. to close out the season, and he
0: was lights out. Yeah, he's, he's a phenomenal player. Yeah. Um, I think he will be someone that you could see being a third-round pick going to a good team. And then I would love to see someone like the Tennessee Titans take him. Just and, to get the flyer and, and build and say, something. Send him a year and then let's see what he can do, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, he'd be a great choice for the Green Bay Packers. i see him like that. they need a quarterback behind Rodgers because uh, they're not going to be keeping uh, Jordan Love for very long.
1: I was going to say, had they traded Jordan
0: Love? Not yet, but he – he either gets traded to my guess, he either gets traded on draft day or he he leaves the free, or he leaves as a free agent at the end of the season. Okay. Yeah. Because he's he's good, it's gone. But uh I think the Debo Samuel thing, though, I think a lot of it is it's, it's funny how you know we've talked about how like in the NBA, these players have a lot of power and they can mm-hmm. make moves. We're seeing it in the NFL now, and we're not just seeing it with guys like Aaron Rodgers. We're seeing it now with like what Tyreek Hill did, what you know, what Devonte Adams did, and receivers. I mean, they're seeing that there's a short window, and these guys who are 26, like Debo, like DK yeah. Metcalf, have proven they are top-notch, top-quality guys. They want to go get that mat- that bag of money because they haven't gotten any of it yet.
1: Well, and I think to your point that you made a few weeks ago with Deshaun Watson. People are looking at that and going, okay, how does this translate to every position?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to filter badly with the quarterbacks first. But then from there, I mean, again, a lot of the stuff that happened with Devontae Adams and what happened with Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's these guys who have the one year remaining. Now, both of them are on their second contract. And they're four or five years old. This is two guys saying we're at the beginning of our prime. Yeah, so it, I'm not it, surprised to see this, and I won't be surprised if either DK Metcalf or um, Debo Samuel gets moved in the next couple of weeks. Um, I want to hit a couple of baseball things. I know you're a big baseball yes. fan. I'm a big baseball person. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see your local there in Colorado? So yeah, one of my favorite players who plays for the Rockies. My favorite Rocky probably is Charlie Black. He has the it's best walk-up music in baseball, I think. Because
1: it is great, and especially yeah. if he's hitting leadoff.
0: Yeah, you get like the full it's, chorus. Yeah, so it's the outfield. It's the I don't want to lose your love, and and everyone I don't wanna
1: lose your love. and everyone
0: goes tonight. And they do the DM. Yeah, it's it's really cool. That's one of my. And they own, do the second support. tonight yeah. for the first yeah. walk-up. So Charlie Blackman has become the first Major League Baseball player to sign a deal with a sports book. Yeah. I mean, and this so part- he's got to deal with Maxim bet, which is local there in Denver, local in Colorado. They don't have their only approved in Colorado right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he cannot uh, he cannot promote-, promote gambling on baseball. Correct. But he can absolutely promote the sports book. Yes. And we're going to see a lot more of this, I think. Charlie Blackman's the first. But I, I find this interesting. You know what I find interesting about this? Hmm. I don't know you know your baseball history. Do you know what happened in the early 1980s to Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle? Do you know the story they the suspended by Major League Baseball? No. In the early 80s, I want to say it was 81 or 82, both Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays, who had long since retired, had mm-hmm. uh, worked with, a, with an Atlantic City casino where they were hosts, basically. You'd go to the casino and there'd be Mickey Mantle signing autographs and taking pictures with people to get people to come into the casino. Willie Mays or at the, the sports book section whatever. So because of sports gambling and that was legal in Jersey, it mm-hmm. Mantle and Willie Mays were eventually um banned from major league baseball. They couldn't work and work for club. they couldn't work for clubs. It was only for a couple of years. They were reinstated okay. by Peter Ubarath a few couple of years later. He became the commissioner It was like 83. It was like one or two years. Um, But it's funny how to see how he's changed from the 1980s to 2022, where, and you got Pete Rose in the middle, you know, what happened in the late 80s, early 90s. He's banned for life. And we're now saying, hey, you just can't talk about betting on baseball, but you can talk about betting on sports. And so
1: that was the wild thing for me. Um, I was driving to go pick up Nicholas, my son, from the bus. And Colorado Public Radio was talking about this deal. Because it's, as you said, it's a local sports book. Charlie Blackman is probably one of the most beloved Rockies players to have been on the roster. And the one note that they made was he can't discuss baseball. And all I could think while I was driving is huh so when is the hall of fame going to give up on Pete Rose's ban because at this point it doesn't make sense
0: yeah now keep in mind the national baseball hall of fame is not run by major league baseball at all but
1: correct it's the writer but but
0: at this point if major league baseball is cuddling up with the gambling companies then it's about time for the hall of fame to say okay let him in I agree with you that's that was one of my thoughts as well. Was the whole Pete Rose thing? It was this. It was that. It was like, wow, how far have we come in sports gaming? Yeah, and it's now, wild. It, it, sports gaming is available in thirty states. Not here in Kansas. Fucking people need to get that shit done, huh? Hey, come to Colorado. I, I might have to just move <laughs> full time. Um, yeah, just it, but they don't have it here. Um, but yeah, although know, it, it
1: is. I think it's set for final vote this week.
0: Oh, here in Kansas?
1: With the legislature oh. for sports wagering. So it is like in front of the legislature right now.
0: I bet Republicans find some way to fuck that up.
1: Oh, no, they want the tax revenue.
0: Yeah, but they don't really. They, 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 they find some way. Republicans fuck up everything. Just saying, it's a possibility. Let me rephrase that. Trumplicants fuck up everything. Yeah. So, um, Hey, uh, two more baseball things I want to talk about. Uh, have you followed any of the Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna Jr. feud?
1: So I saw the whole snippet where Acuna had made his statements about the haircuts and all this kind of stuff. And Freddie was like, I love the dude. This is just what we do.
0: Yeah. So in an interview, Ronald Acuna uh, through a translator said that he was asked about what's like, how do you feel about Freddie Freeman being gone this season? You know, Freddie Freeman's long time Atlanta Brave, first season with the Dodgers now, mm-hmm. and Acuna basically said that he wasn't. Um, how do you put it? He was okay with the idea of Freddie Freeman being gone. That they didn't really get along. Because he and was like, what's that?
1: Acuna was hazed.
0: Yeah, he was basically hazed as a rookie. And a couple of the items, when Freddie Freeman was asked about it later, Freddie Freeman said, well, we don't allow people to wear their chains covering up the Atlanta the logo. Yep. They want to, they want to tuck in their chains. And a couple of other things that... haircut." Facial clients, not wearing a hat backwards at times. Some uh, of the bullshit crisis, that the Yankees
1: like that. do and that kind of stuff too. Yeah.
0: So it's really just this kind of old school versus new school mentality. Yeah. But what it is is that baseball has unwritten rules. No. <sighs> which I'm, I'm not a defender of the unwritten rules of baseball. I have longly thought that, um, the unwritten rules of baseball are bullshit, and it's just. Old dudes being curmudgeoning at that point. It's a gatekeeper thing. Yeah. And I think that now more than ever, baseball needs to get rid of the unwritten rules. And they now more than ever need to hold those who hold the unwritten rules accountable. Yes. Those people accountable. So here's why I say that. Let Let me jump ahead of you here. No, you're good. The most exciting players in baseball right now. Guys like Ronald Acuna Jr. Mm-hmm. Guys like Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. These guys are exciting. Uh, Fernando Tatis. This is what's going to draw a new generation of fans to your fledgling league. Yes. league. Baseball's ratings have gone down every year. They, they suck. Were, they have such bad deals right now for television in place that they had to basically give away TV packages to Apple TV and Peacock yep. because ESPN didn't want them anymore. And yeah, Fox didn't want them anymore.
1: Yeah,
0: and said no. We'll just let you. And so baseball sold them for peanuts to mm-hmm. these streaming services. Um, but it's because they're not bringing in new fans. There is this crop of young, great players. Juan Soto might be the best hitter in baseball now. Already, Super talent. Acuna is incredibly fun to watch. Tatis, like him or not, he's a lightning rod on the West Coast for some reason. Yeah. He's a Padre and he's on a Dodger, but he's insanely good. And we've got more guys. I mean, here in Kansas City, we have Bobby Witt Jr. Who's going to be great.
1: And even like right. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Vlad Guerrero or- Jr. is
0: great. Incredible. And we got these young guys and it's like, okay, let them have some flair. Let them have more hip hop music. Let that whole culture come into baseball. Let it come into baseball, let it yes. spread its wings in baseball. Yes. Because now you can drive a lot more people to watch your product and a lot more people to buy tickets. And baseball needs that. And they don't need uh there's no reason. One of the, the worst unwritten rule in baseball is if you style on a pitcher, if you hit a ball, you flip your bat. You're gonna get bean in the next at bat or get thrown inside. I look if you if. If Raphael Devers from the Red Sox hits a ball 120 miles an hour out of the ballpark in Fenway Park, and it goes 450 feet, God damn it, he should watch the son of a bitch fly. And if Tatis wants to flip his bat, hey, man, tip your hat to the pitcher because you just took my best pitch out. So and- this has been an
1: ongoing discussion that I've had with several people at work over the last – five, six, seven, eight, nine years, bat flips are great. Mm -hmm. They have a home in Major League Baseball. This is why taunting is great in the NFL, that end zone celebrations are wonderful. And you don't want to constrict your fan base because you're stodgy old white dudes who think that, Something that people didn't think about 150 years ago wouldn't like is all of a sudden forbidden. Yeah. Um let people, let the players be excited, mm-hmm. let them show joy, let them enjoy the things that they are doing well, whether it's a shutout inning, a shutout game, a great home run, a great mm-hmm. catch. Like why why do you need to have some sense of decorum when everyone else who's in the stands that you want their money are cheering wildly for
0: yeah
1: why can't those
0: on the field who are actually doing it get just as excited yeah and it goes just as much for the pitchers as well hey man if yeah. If Talito, who is or Walker Bueller from the Dodgers, these young guys. I mean, if Walker Buehler strikes somebody out and he wants to do guns up. I'm fine with something like that. I've never seen him do that. I'm just using his example as a, as a young player. But if if that's the same as you know, you know, it's the same to me as if a guy styles on a home run. Let him, let him do it. And there shouldn't be any recourse of, you know, oh, we're going to throw at you at the next at bat or this or that. No.
1: Now, the only thing I will agree to for the unwritten rule, rules, just because being a Cubs fan, <laughs> our poor catcher, Wilson Contreras, has been the victim of a lot of throw-ats. At some point, those tally up, and you're just going to throw back. Yeah, That well, I can kind of see, but beyond that, with this, I, I mean, that's why I hated some of the bullshit rules that the NFL put in place around celebrations because people find joy in sports. So why can't the players?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really well put. I think if you look at stuff, it's just, um, it, it, it's just crazy. We People will say, and it's usually the old curmudgeonly white people who will yeah. say, well, we need to." This isn't how we play baseball. <laughs> it isn't how we play baseball now. And if you want baseball to be around for your kids and your grandkids and everybody else, this is how it's played. I mean, and I'm all for it. I'm for it every time someone hits a 400 foot, 450 foot home run, flip the bat. I'm all for if you strike somebody out, point them and them, go grab some bench or whatever. I'm for if you're a catcher and you throw a runner out at second trying to steal, I'm all for you making a gesture. Yeah, let's do I, I, I want to see more. And, it, and if you want to throw at my people, We're going to throw back.
1: This is not. I want to see
0: fighting. I want to see, in the NFL, I want to see, in the NFL, we can have a guy get a first down and signal first down. We can say, um, well, Tyreek Hill can get away with waving goodbye to somebody. But certain others can't. You know, it's, that's why there should be no taunting rules. Taunting foul. foul Taunting penalty in football or anything like that's in baseball. Shouldn't have any repercussions. If your repercussions, you're going to throw at somebody. That's fine. You, if you want to throw back at me, but we're going to throw back at you as well. My only
1: caveat in baseball is that it has
0: to be shoulders and below. Yeah, yeah. I just you think not. Like, you cannot throw out the head. Yeah, you throw it, it. I would just simply, if I hit a 450 foot home run, I might do cartwheels first base, but. <laughs> whatever take it takes, whatever I, if if the next time I come to bat, that same pitcher's still in. Then that pitcher trying to strike me out, get me to pop up, make me look foolish.
1: Well, I mean that's and then what you can taunt me. Yeah, and that's what was wild with the uh, Dodgers game last week in Minnesota. That Minnesota then just took after Kershaw was already out of the game. One, two, three, home runs back to back to back. Yeah. I mean, the shit happens, but let people fucking enjoy the sport that fortunately they're being paid to play just as much as the fans are enjoying it.
0: Yeah. Um, Did you see um, the one thing that hasn't happened? It's only happened a couple of times in the last last 20 years. Did you see Corey Seager get walked with the, with the bases loaded last week? Intentionally walked?
1: I saw a mention of it on Twitter, and that was about it. And I just kind of passed by it because so it was, was Rodgers. And I was just kind of like, what?
0: Friday huh? night, um, Angels manager Joe Madden intentionally walked Rangers shortstop Corey Seager with the bases loaded. Oh. Well, it was only the third time since 1950 it's happened. Um and
1: thanks for the correction on that, because I forgot that Seager got – Seager's a Raider. And the Raiders
0: suck. They're like two and eleven. Um, The next guy uh, comes up with the bases loaded in the fourth. Uh, he walks Seager. The next guy pops out to the warning track in the, into the end. Get out of the beginning. Yeah. I mean, uh,
1: that is part of the mastery of baseball, right? Yeah.
0: Last two guys that happened to was Josh Hamilton in 2008. This is back when he was in the midst of his MVP here.
1: Nice.
0: And then before that was Barry Bonds, 98. Huh. In 98, I would have walked Barry Bonds too. I wouldn't have pitched to Barry Bonds with anybody on. Oh, no. I just would have pointed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, if, Barry they, Bonds if they would have had
1: before. like the automatic walk signal instead yeah. of having him do the pitch out.
0: The pitch outs, yeah. I just would have been like, just put him on. <laughs>
1: Yep. I told the umpire part at the beginning
0: of the game in, in yep. 98 when he was having his best season. Like, now, yeah, he's, just, he's just going right over there. Every at bat. I saw Barry Bonds take Greg Maddox out of the in, in a home run in Atlanta one time in person. And it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. I think I've told the story before here in the podcast, but Barry Bonds is getting booed by everybody first inning of the game. Comes up he gets a base hit first inning. The third or fourth to get to second at-bat. It's at bat, Greg Maddox pitching. to a one nothing game. The Braves with the lead. Mm-hmm. Bonds comes up, nobody on, one out, I think, and he hits a solo home run off. Mm-hmm. And, and doing anything off of Greg Maddox is pretty incredible. But I mean, it was it was a no doubter. As soon as he swung the bat, you're like, oh fuck. By the time he circled the bases and hit home plate, everybody in the crowd was cheering for Barry Bonds. They knew what they saw, they knew they'd seen this incredible player,
1: do yeah. an incredible thing. I still feel sad that the Cubs traded Maddox. Greg Maddox, yeah. After his Cy Young season
0: with the Cubs. Yeah. He won the Cy Young's very next year for the Braves.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I want to stop real quick in the middle here. I want to talk about our newest sponsor.
1: I heard you got some good treats.
0: Oh man. So Gold Belly is our newest sponsor. And I gotta tell you, I love this. This is a great service. This is pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Restaurants around the country, you you know, when we travel, you travel, I travel, and we go places, you always try something new and you, try, and you go, you get home you go, man, I wish I could have that again. And this is a way to do it. So, you know, I'm from New Orleans and my favorite restaurant in the entire world is the Commander's Palace. I had some Commander's Palace gumbo this past weekend. How was it? It was great. <laughs> It was phenomenal. <laughs> it was excellent. I'm so glad I bought it. It was great. Uh right now, Old gold belt, they have a they have a whole section just for Mother's Day. Oh. Yes. So I'm gonna give you a couple, I'm gonna give you a couple of these ideas. So first off, I will recommend the Commander's Palace. Look, Commander's Palace is not cheap, but it's so worth it. And here's they're doing they're doing is a Mother's Day special. Uh, Commander's Palace for a Mother's Day special is doing a three-course shrimp and grits dinner for two where you get let me get this right here I'll make sure we got everything it includes garlic bread your choice of turtle soup or seafood gumbo you can't go wrong with either of them I'm a gumbo guy myself wild shrimp and cognac with Creole cream cheese grits and you get a whole pecan pie so in our show notes, you'll uh-huh. see the link to Goldbelly Belly, and you can get twenty five dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more. Um, another one of the great Mother's Day ideas is one of the New York Bagel companies on here. I gotta pull it up. Here it is: Bass Bagels, New York City has tie dye bagels. Oh, fun! Yes, and you can get it. You get the different cream cheeses. You can get it with salmon. However, you want to do it. Just if you want to do a brunch for Mother's Day. Maybe your mom likes bagel. Maybe she's from New York. Maybe something like that. Or maybe she just likes bagels. Yes. All sorts of cool ideas. And right now they've got a lot of specials just for Mother's Day. So check that out. Oh, hell. Sorry. You're all good. Uh, Lots of different cool stuff. Check out Gold Belly. Check out our link in the show notes. And uh, you'll get $25 off your first order of $50 or more at Gold Belly. Thanks, Stan, for sponsoring the podcast today. So, hey, while we're finishing this up here, we uh, we just saw <laughs> the final. The Boston Celtics have now taken a 2-0 lead over the Brooklyn Nets. I couldn't be happier about this, see.
1: Well, what's wild to me is that Brooklyn had run out to a really solid lead going into the fourth quarter of this game, and I... <laughs> I felt really bad. Your yeah. excellent ad read was tremendous, and I reacted seeing that all of a sudden Celtics were up by seven to close out the game. And
0: yeah, folks, yeah. that's how good Goldbelly is. It made her go, "Damn!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. Uh, you know, it's it's been really frustrating watching the Nuggets the last couple of games, and the Nuggets are playing tomorrow. And uh, Sunday, and I anticipate that they will be swept, and I don't know who's getting the MVP. I think that will be announced tomorrow or Friday? I don't know. Uh, they,
0: they, they do it weirdly. They usually do it during the first – the way the NBA does is that first lo- uh, level, the first um, round of playoffs, usually you announce the regular season MVP. Right. Um, so I, I mean, I think it's down to – I mean, I I think it's the Embiid or it's, I mean... Jokic. Or Jokic. I mean, but I would think they'd have to get it out quickly if it's going to be Jokic because you want to give it to him usually at his game.
1: So, but... but, So they have home games here on Thursday and Saturday. Or, no, Thursday and Sunday. Mm. And so last year we were at his MVP thing and it was the weekend game. Mm. So... Uh, I don't know. It's all weird. I, I just, I was surprised to be surprised by that outcome with Brooklyn because they've had so much hype coming into the playoffs and the Celtics really have kind of been written off. Yeah.
0: I was on Tyler's podcast, like Tyler Jones's podcast, the Jones report. I did the whole show with them last weekend and, mm-hmm. and we talked a lot about the NBA and I, I mentioned how I love the NBA playoffs. It's the best of the best. It's the best players. It's good basketball.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, it's – and so I watched – Tuesday night I watched the Heat-Hawks game. Mm-hmm. I was really wanting to see Trey Young pull off something Let's see if they can get past the Heat. The Heat are so good. The Heat are the one team that the coach makes a difference in the team. Yeah. Spolstra is the only time where the coach makes a difference. It's that team, but not the most talented team. They're the best team in the East record-wise because Spolster keeps them winning. And then the Pelicans came back, beat the Suns on Mm -hmm. Tuesday night, made that a 1-1 series, and now going back to New Orleans for games three and four, the Suns won't have Devin Booker. It's one of those, is there a chance the Pelicans can be an eight seed, knock off a one? Um, And an overall
1: one seed. Yeah, because the Phoenix Suns are the
0: overall yeah they're the one and the and the Pelicans have played their way into that eight seed. Yeah, so that's interesting. I I openly admit that I have been rooting actively against the net, the Nets. If you listen to the Jones Report last week, you'll know I went on a rant about Kevin Durant, about how much I hate Kevin Durant, how overrated I think he is, how I just watch him and go, he's is an incredible athlete who couldn't lift a bucket of water. He's always
1: been
0: that way. Yes. know when when he was in college. When he was in college at Texas, and he had, you know, he was incredible. He was, you know, he was the first or second pick in the draft that year. Um, He should have been number one. He went number two. But he went to their their version of the combine. Greg Oden. Greg Oden was number one that year, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know how the NFL combine, they do the 225-pound bench press? Yeah. They do the reps. You know what they do at the college version, don't you? No. It's the NBA when they do 185. Do you know how many reps of 185 Kevin Durant did? It doesn't fucking matter. No, no. It's funny. Me. I got, you have to answer the question. Do you know how many he did? I, zero. Zero is the answer. He couldn't do one. And that was always my problem with Kevin Durant. Like, how can you be that good an athlete, not strong at all?
1: Until Jordan, the thing of it is, until Jordan came around, none of them did any of this
0: yeah the thing that's amazing is that like there have been other guys that have been as athletic as kevin durant it's just that it's he's just a different he's a different kind of shooter different kind of player and i'm just not a fan of his style of basketball and i don't like him at all and, and he, fine. i think he wants to be lebron so bad oh no and he never will be he's copied lebron in every way he, he's gone from team to team and tried to be the guy. He's never been the guy anywhere successful. Then when LeBron got his TV show, you know, the shop, Kevin Durant went and did a one just like it on Showtime. He wants to be, he, he wants to be considered, maybe he doesn't want to be LeBron. He wants to be considered LeBron's equal in the eyes of history and basketball. No. He never will be. No. And this just goes to show him, and I'm not rooting for Kyrie Irving. If you listen to this podcast, you know much I don't like ah. Kyrie Irving. And I'm glad the Celtics are taking it to him now. And they're up two games to none. I hope they beat the Nets and send them back to Brooklyn. Agreed. So
1: Now I hate the Celtics.
0: <laughs> Speaking of hating <laughs> the Celtics, did you watch <laughs> Winning Time this week?
1: I did. So, uh last week I binged the entire series and then uh so I got fully caught up and Monday I watched uh-huh. the the new episode. It is I enjoy it for the entertainment value and it's very interesting to yeah. see that finally some of the fallout and I think it's because it's been greenlit for a second season. Mhm.
0: Uh-huh
1: that people are starting to speak out to that yeah. Jerry West.
0: Jerry West has spoken out and, and uh, Kareem is backed him up. Kareem
1: Abdul-Jabbar,
0: yeah. but yeah,
1: because everyone has been pretty
0: quiet. And
1: I think maybe it was just because they figured it'll only be the one season and it yeah. won't really matter. And then HBO, Greenlit season 2 and they were like oh shit we got to do something.
0: Well okay so it happened again this week the um the show just goes off the rails funny and then they went over the top. This is the week where they had the first road trip of the season which takes them to the Lakers have to go play in in Boston. In, Indianapolis and Detroit, and they think they're going to win both Those they lose both, and they go play in, in Boston. Paul West, his job is on the line. Yep. If he loses, they're going to ha- hire Elgin Baylor as the coach. Jerry mm-hmm. West, like, jumps on the plane. <laughs> Pat Riley's now the assistant coach after the yep. coach is in the hospital. So all these things have happened. They make Jerry West look like just a crazy man. And I mean, that
1: they have the entire –
0: the entire season, he's looked yeah. like a rageholic and an alcoholic, and just a horrible human being, which we know Jerry West is he's the logo. He is the one of the most respected people in the entire league as a player, as a coach, as a general manager, as an executive. Yeah. Dude is he's bulletproof.
1: Yes. Jerry
0: West has gotten his attorneys involved now, and he's asked for an apology from these people. Yep. And uh he's threatened legal action against the folks from uh, HBO and Winning Time. I, Adam McKay. Yeah I I, think, yeah, I I think what Adam McKay has done here is hilarious though. and I, But I think they should put a big ass, they, 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 they say it's drunk, and it's comic relief, and, but they need to do it in a bigger way. They need to come out and say, this shit is kind of real, but not really real.
1: And so the thing that I've noticed, the first episode, they had that disclaimer at the front end of the
0: yeah. episode yes
1: now they have moved it to the end, the end. of the
0: episode yes. yeah
1: and i think that is bothering people because as soon as it goes to credits or whatever
0: People we'll turn it off yeah yeah i i found this week funny because it was the introduction of the larry bird character so yeah. good i and, love and, and, and the larry bird character i mean I mean, if you know the story of Magic and Bird, they've been interlinked since they were in college. I mean, obviously, yeah. Magic beat Bird in the championship game. Michigan State. And Indiana then, State. and then Magic did beat him in their first meeting in the finals, and then Bird ran off three in a row that they had, in 86. and um, it, it was those two teams went neck and neck for a generation. Yeah. And. Um, but I, I've heard the story before, and I've heard it from Magic Johnson, and I've heard it, and I read it in Larry Bird's book, that they weren't, and, and Magic tells a story that he and Bird, like, they met in the 79 championship game, and uh, they were very cordial to one another, but Bird is a guy who doesn't like his opponent. He's one of those guys that does, he, he wants to hate you because it motivates him. right. And it wasn't until they did their first Converse commercial together. They did uh, as part of their uh, choose your weapon. Have you ever seen the old poster? They both hold up their shoe, like two gunfighters in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, The first commercial was in LA and it was done, you know, in kind of in, in the forum. And the second one was actually filmed in Indiana near Larry Bird's home. And the story goes, I've heard it, I read it again, read it in Larry Bird's book, also saw Magic talk about it, where they weren't friendly, and they were just, they just knew each other. They didn't really like each other. Sure. Especially Bird didn't like Magic. Magic wanted to like Larry Bird, because he respected him.
1: Well, and Magic
0: probably- And Magic's an outgoing guy. He's Magic Johnson. He does want everyone to like him. Yes, he does. I think a lot of what that wedding time does with magic is really close to true. I think they've if there's anybody they've kept pretty close on, I think some of the magic is right. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but then the way the story goes is that for the week they were shooting this commercial, or for the few days they were shooting this commercial, Larry Bird's mom kept making dinner every night <laughs> and inviting Magic Johnson to come over and have dinner. And Larry Bird finally got pissed. And they, after one of the, the second first or second night, and he was like, I don't want to hang out with Magic Johnson. He's my rival. He's from the Lakers. I'm from the mm-hmm. Celtics. And his mom says, that's a good man. And you need to respect him. And you, and you guys have more in common than you think. Yeah. And so his mom fed them both and kicked them outside. And they played the horse. Mm-hmm. And they got to talking while playing. And they became friends. And they've been friends ever since. Even through the rough times of the Celtics-Lakers rivalry, they weren't as close of friends, but they were friendly. Sure, and their friendship grew because of all those years together. And when Bird got hurt and couldn't play anymore because he was back, it was Magic that reached out to him and did some things for him. And there's now a famous picture from Larry Bird's um, retirement at Boston Garden, where he s- goes and strips Magic Johnson. He's wearing Magic's wearing his gear, his um, mm-hmm. warm up gear. And when he strips at Magic's jacket, Magic's wearing Bird's jersey. Yeah. And it's a really cool deal. It just shows their friendship and how it grew over time. I don't think they're going to talk about that all any time.
1: But, again, <laughs> it's been greenlit for season two. Yeah, I think
0: it's going to continue to be we don't like him, they don't like us. And that's how their rivalry was. It just happened to me those two guys actually do get along. And it'll
1: be interesting because it'll also be the rise of the bulls. It'll also yeah. be Magic and yeah. the HIV situation. Yeah.
0: they're definitely going to the HIV thing and the cookie thing with all with his wife and all that he had to admit to when he got it and you know, all the stuff that happened. His wife stood by him.
1: It's going to be come. fascinating. Yeah. Because I saw that. Magic in the forum post his return.
0: Uh, well, so the Jerry West thing I think is funny that. Jerry oh, West it's is just,
1: I mean, listen, I get it. you want to protect your legacy or whatever, but at some point and this will be the argument against it that it's parody. it's you know been blown out
0: of, yeah.
1: out of the water, blah 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 blah, yeah.
0: blah. Well, It's well, a fiction. The predict the production company has not gotten clearance from the NBA on well, a lot of the stuff they're doing.
1: Oh no. So they went a, sideways yes. on all of this. Yes.
0: So it's it's kind of An funny to see how they go by the seat of their pants. Hey, a uh, couple of last little things that we're gonna get up out of here. But yeah. uh remember we did our baseball preview a couple weeks ago?
1: Yeah and I
0: mentioned that there was a player I was kind of rooting against this season. Mm-hmm. And he's partially because he's one of the keepers of the rules, and that's Garrett Cole of the Yankees. Yep, I love this. I love being right. <laughs> Garrett Cole through his first three starts has a 635 ERA. He's only pitched 11 innings in those three starts, nine hits, seven walks. The Yankees are one and two in those two games. Um, I love it. Cause you know, Garrett Cole got busted for cheating last year he yep. was, when all these rules came out about searching the pitchers. Target number one was Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. And when Garrett Cole got surged, I mean, he had some stuff. He got away with some stuff. And he was one of the guys that fought hard against it because he was a guy loading the ball up.
1: And it's pretty
0: clear that Garrett Cole was loading the ball up. And now he has his huge contract with the Yankees. And I love it because the Yankees are stuck with that contract and that player for the next few years. And he's going to be dog shit for a long time. So Garrett Cole, I hope you don't get it together. I hope you get busted trying to load the ball up because you're going to have to go to anything you can at this point. And fuck you to the Yankees because, well, they're the Yankees. Fuck them. Fuck you to the Yankees. Yeah, we, we hate the Yankees right here. The Yankees, yeah, they're number, they're number one or one A on our list of teams we don't like here to Coach Bodo's podcast. Correct. So anytime something bad happens to a Yankee or the Yankees, that's wonderful to me. Last thing, we don't do a lot of politics. But we're gonna do a little bit today. <laughs> um, I, as you guys know, if you listen to this, I'm someone who, I guess you can call me a Democrat. But I lean more left than right. I do agree with a lot of principles the Republicans, uh, some of the that they believe in. Uh, I'm fiscally a little more conservative. But what I will say is, I do think there's a meet in the middle area. I think we got crazy people on both sides of this thing. But I had a I loved on Twitter seeing one of the favorite people of the Trumplicans, I'll just call it, and I don't want to be, and I'm not going to say it's about Republicans because Republicans can be good people too. But Trumplicans are people that I have issues with. Yes. And one of the apologists for the Trumplicans is good old Bill O'Reilly.
1: Who, just as a reminder, was trumpeted out of Fox for sexual harassment among many other various yeah. things. He's, I mean, he's not a good person.
0: No, no. He's such an asshole. He got fired at Fox News for harassment. I mean, Fox News has a lot of harassment going on. We've seen this over the years. I mean, Roger Ailes created- Roger Ailes, club. I mean, like the president, he's like the president of the sexual harassment fan club. Bill O'Reilly is a member. <laughs> he's the VP, former. so if you haven't seen the video, it's out there. I would send you to Twitter to find it. We will actually, we will share and it. it on it's JetBlue, right? But... JetBlue. So he's taking a trip on JetBlue. His flight's been delayed three or four hours at the ticket counter. And he is just grilling this young, this young person who's working there. And he's just being a piece of shit to an airline employee. At some point, he threatens the employee. The employee says something back to him. And Bill O'Reilly's words were, I'm going to have your job for this. Anybody who goes there can automatically fuck off. Um, but I just love it in his case even more. So Bill O'Reilly gets the fuck you from us. We will, we will actually retweet that video on the Coach Bono's uh, Twitter. Jump out there and see it. And uh, the other one I'm going to also retweet, just so we can get it out there as well, is I'm not a fan of this guy. But Piers mm-hmm. Morgan, that yeah. old Brit, Piers Morgan, he's trying to get back into some kind of relevance over in the UK and thought that maybe if he did an interview with his old friend Donald Trump, Yo. That, that would help him. Well, it looks like frumpy ass himself, Donald Trump, the head Cheeto, threw a tantrum and walked off the interview. I've seen the thirty-second clip so far. It's on Twitter. Uh, That interview comes out in the next few days, and it was Trump getting upset when pushed on the lie of the big steal.
1: Yes, that the twenty twenty election was stolen when it was in fact
0: not. Yeah, and it just goes to show me. I mean, he's walked out of an interview with Pierce Morgan. He was just brutal with was it sixteen minutes? Is it? Leslie, Leslie Stahl? Yes. He was on 60 Minutes with, he walked out of that interview. when he pressed Well, and interview. he
1: just like showed
0: her like binders of blank sheets? Of blank sheets. Blank sheets, yes. That's, it's an old rule. Like yeah, stacks. They stole that rule off, they stole that off of, like, what did House of Cards, they did that? Yeah. I mean, come on. It didn't work and, on House of Cards. Work for and Donald she Trump. opened it up and was like, what? What the fuck is this? Give me one line here. Yeah. I'd have called that bluff too. Uh, but I just thought it was great. Um, he threw a tantrum. And even his good friend, Pierce Morgan, is like, no, nah, this, dude's, this, dude's this dude's a crackhead. This, it's a scam now. I don't think he's actually going to run for president. Oh, he absolutely is. Well, see, here's the thing I heard. So I understand that all this money he's raising through his website,
1: mm-hmm. if
0: he says at any point that he is going to run for president, then any of that money now from that point moving forward becomes campaign contributions. And that has to be accounted for. Okay, fine. And I don't think that that's what he wants. I think he wants to push the big lie and get all the money he can make. Oh,
1: no, he wants the grift as long as he can, but he is absolutely going to run for president and he's going to funnel whatever he can into his personal coffers just as he did the last time around. Because he did it. Yeah. He doesn't care about anybody but himself.
0: I agree with that 100%. So I just thought it was fun. Um, that was fun. Oh, the last thing I wanted to get on. Yes. HBO, I love streaming service. You know, since COVID now, we really don't need to go to the movies anymore. Have you been right. to a movie yet? Since COVID? Yes. I've I have seen been a movie yet.
1: Well, we went and saw Spider-Man. The okay. new Spider-Man. Um, I saw Summer of Soul. Okay, which is Questlove's uh, Oscar-winning documentary, which is fantastic. And that's it.
0: So I was going to go see The Batman a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to spend three hours in theater. Talk
0: myself out of it. And talk myself out of it because my brother told me that, hey, it's going to be on HBO Max. I'm like, yeah. yeah. It came out on Monday on HBO yeah. Max. And I stayed up late and watched it Monday night. And I highly recommend it. Okay. Um. I'm not gonna say it's the best Batman movie, but it's a totally different kind of Batman movie. Okay. It's a detective movie.
1: Well, and that was supposed to be the, the catch with it. Yeah.
0: Um, I thought that you know how you like you, you see something and you go, Man, it could have been better. I I know what so it was great, it was good, it wasn't great, great. Yeah, it wasn't like the dark knight great. I the dark knight was by far the best of Batman. They'll never hit that again. Yeah, but I I look at it and I go, what was it I didn't like? And and it wasn't that I didn't like it. But I don't know if I like Robert Pattinson as Batman. He was Fair. fine. He wasn't bad. He was better than a great majority of the people who have been Batman. Okay. He was better than Michael Keaton was better, and I think Christian Bale was better. But I would put him up against any of the others. Val- and Adam West. Adam West was perfect in the 60s. Um, but for what it was, that was fun shit back then.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I really liked all the characters around it. And Colin Farrell needs to win, a, he's to win an Oscar for this movie. For the Joker? No, he is the Penguin. Or Penguin. And you will, if you don't know that's Colin Farrell, you would never guess it's Colin Farrell. Okay. They, they, they do a backstory of the Penguin in this movie. It's really good. It's wide open. John Turturro is in it. It's He's fantastic.
1: What?
0: He's fantastic. And they put a... They put a... Oh, I don't want to give it away, but they put something in there. Okay, so the story of Falcone, the mobster. The, the mobster Falcone is played by John Turturro. And we come to find out that maybe... Bruce Wayne's father wasn't all he's always been, which is
1: great. My sideline is: Have you watched Severance on Apple TV?
0: Sever- no, I haven't. I, John Turturro. Yeah, he's great. Everything. I really like him a lot. I, John Turturro,
1: Christopher Walken.
0: Yeah. I have to watch yeah. that. They've got Got those two guys. I'm in. So. All right, we're going to get up out of here with that. With that, I will take take, take note of that and get that done. I know we have Apple TV somewhere at home. <laughs> That's one of those gen pace for I never really get to use, but we will get that going. Um, I will uh, – Ellen, thanks for coming in. I appreciate you coming in and doing this with me every week and doing this on the of 25. Uh, I'll let you know. We're going to let everybody know on Monday how it's going to work. But I'm thinking that next week what we're going to do is – Either a live version of the .5 or something right after the draft. So I will, I know that it's Thursday nights so will accommodate your schedule, so we're going to work that out and make sure that we can figure something out. So it'll be fun. If it's not live, then I think Tyler Jones is going to jump in with me. He are going to figure that out. So uh, Monday's pod will be a um, NFL draft preview. I mm-hmm. hope if you haven't listened yet, go back to Monday's podcast. I had Micah Brown on. Uh, he talks so about good. WWE evil and we really had a good time with that I think it's one of our best interviews so I hope you guys will enjoy that if you haven't listened to it, go back and do it you were saying something I cut you off
1: no, I was just saying it was so good I was listening yeah. to it yesterday and it, it was super enjoyable and he's super knowledgeable yeah. and entertaining and it's exciting yeah. to see what he's going to do next
0: yeah, his he'll have his new KU series is going to be out in a couple of weeks on all the Ku channels from YouTube, uh, Ku Football, Ku Athletics, they're doing a big football thing with with closely pulled. It'll be really, really good. If I know Micah, I know it's going to be really, really great. Um, mm-hmm. I love the story. If you haven't heard it yet, listen to it just for this story alone. The mobster in Bangkok story.
1: Yes, maybe the
0: best story told it's
1: so, so good. good.
0: It may be the best story ever told in this podcast. In
1: so the sauna? Yeah. In the sauna man. with
0: the mobster from Bangkok is how he got one of his jobs. It's absolutely absolutely incredible. So I want to send a shout out to my boy, Raymond Brown, Ray B, who's been on the pod before. He's who got me with Micah. And we've been trying for like three or four months to get this done. Micah's been so busy with WWE Evil. And if you're a wrestling fan and you haven't seen it yet, WWE Evil's really good. It's um, eight episodes. They're about, if you watch it on Peacock, it's about 45 minutes each. Uh, they do one subject for each of them. Uh, they've had everything from Hulk Hogan to Ric Flair, uh, The Miz, Sasha mm-hmm. Banks, uh, Roman Reigns. They're really, really, they're all really good. They're all tight. they got great stories. My personal favorite, I told this to Micah, was the Sasha Banks story. I thought she was incredible. And um, I got a story off the air from, from Micah that would like break the wrestling internet but i can't tell it on here because i promised him i wouldn't but um it goes back to something from the Miz episode so, so yeah so okay. uh, thank you ellen for coming on thank you to tyler jones everybody at studio Subbox for all you do behind the scenes most importantly thank you to you the listeners. I don't forget to rate us and review us apple podcast google podcast spotify anywhere you get our podcast we appreciate every five-star review. Don't forget to check out our great new sponsor, Gold Belly. Check the show notes. Get $25 off your order for dollars more at Gold Belly. Check it out. I promise you're going to love it. Uh, until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Ryan O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember your time tokens are not even fun. Take care.